What's up everybody, happy Friday, Logan Alex CPA here. So I received a lot of questions um, in the past few weeks about these headlines, about um, a federal judge striking down the CDC's eviction uh, moratorium and all this. I think that this actual ruling this judge made um, was back in the first week of May. Anyway, I know this is an issue that a lot of people are concerned about right now, so I thought I'd make a quick video talking about what all this means, how it could affect you as a renter or a landlord, and what to expect on this issue in the near future. All right, let's get right into it. First, I want to provide some context for this ruling. Um, as I said, the eviction moratorium that we're talking about here was the one, of course, instituted by the CDC in response to an executive order from then-President Trump, who last year asked the CDC to consider whether any measures temporarily halting residential evictions of any tenants for failure to pay rent are reasonably necessary. I put out a video at that time explaining the parameters of the CDC moratorium. There will be a link to that in the description. Um, after Trump left office, of course, this moratorium was extended to June 30th of this year. Now, this is a little counterintuitive, of course, since the CDC isn't an organization that typically exerts much of a direct influence on public policy. Sure, they is issue mass guidelines and other general recommendations, but they usually aren't the ones implementing binding laws, right? They can't say that not wearing a mask is against the law or anything like that. But it was the CDC that cut off evictions for the entire country. And the Alabama Association of Realtors filed a lawsuit claiming that the CDC was exceeding its authority by essentially creating federal legislation to prevent evictions. Now, technically, the CDC isn't the only group involved here. Um, the first stimulus bill that was passed in March 2020 included a 120-day ban on evictions, but that legislation only applied to properties backed by the federal government, which obviously left a lot of people vulnerable to eviction. So the CDC basically uh, supplemented that framework um, in response to Trump's executive order by issuing a statement in favor of a more general ban on evictions. The rationale was that preventing evictions would make it easier for people to avoid contracting COVID-19 by allowing them to stay in their homes and limiting the need for communal living arrangements. Um, there were some stipulations in their order. For example, it only applied to tenants with an income under $99,000. And in order to avoid an eviction, you would have to prove that you made an effort to pay the rent and that you would be uh, at risk of becoming homeless or moving into a shared residence if you were evicted from your current home. But overall, the CDC order uh, was much broader than the initial congressional action since it applied to all residential properties instead of only covering those uh, backed by the federal government or with mortgages backed by the federal government. And even at the time, there were questions about whether the CDC had the power to unilaterally uh, declare a moratorium on evictions for all 50 states. Okay, that's basically what was at issue um, in this case. District Court Judge Dabney Friedrich put it concisely. She said, it is the role of the political branches and not the courts to assess the merits of policy measures designed to combat the spread of disease, even during a global pandemic. The question for the court is a narrow one. Does the Public Health Service Act, and by the way, this is uh, a law that outlines the authority of federal agencies to issue quarantines and other measures to prevent the spread of disease, does this act grant the CDC the legal authority to impose a nationwide eviction moratorium? It does not, because the plain language of the Public Health Service Act unambiguously forecloses the nationwide eviction moratorium. The court must set aside the CDC order. The ruling doesn't necessarily mean that the matter is settled once and for all. The Department of Justice filed an appeal immediately um, after this came down, and two lower courts have already found um, in favor of the CDC, so there's a chance that this decision is reversed on appeal. 
And I also want to note that there's no immediate impact here. Uh, the judge imposed a stay on her own ruling, which essentially means that it won't take effect for now since both sides are preparing to continue litigating at the next level. So I will, of course, have an eye on this. I will let you know if anything changes. But at this point, we can't do much beyond uh, waiting for the outcome of the upcoming appeal. Now, this ruling was followed by an announcement from the Treasury Department concerning rental relief um, coming from the Biden administration. The American Rescue Plan, of course, included $21.6 billion for emergency rental assistance, and Treasury released guidelines earlier this month designed to protect renters from being evicted. Those guidelines centered around nine new policies, so let me quickly go through these. Um, number one, emergency rental assistance from the American Rescue Plan now must be offered directly to renters if their landlords refuse the aid from the federal government. In other words, landlords can't decide on their own that they don't want their tenants to have access to that assistance. Number two, landlords will now have just half as much time to decide whether they want to participate in these programs. So if a landlord receives the offer uh, before their tenants, the government now needs to wait just seven days if they reached out by mail or five days if they reached out by phone, text, or email. And at the end of that time, they will be required to talk to their tenants directly uh, if the landlord refused their offer or they haven't heard back. Number three, while rental assistance used to be offered to the landlord first, the third guideline makes clear that the money can be offered directly to tenants even if the landlord hasn't been contacted. So the waiting time is shorter if the landlord is contacted first, but there's now nothing stopping them from going directly to the tenant first depending on the specific circumstances. Number four, the top priority for rental assistance is obviously to keep people in their current homes, but this clarifies that the funding can also be used to help people move if they don't have a clear path to staying where they live. So ultimately the, go the goal is to improve housing security uh, and guideline number four says that funding can be used for things like moving expenses, security deposits, and transitional stays in hotels or motels that don't necessarily fall under the category of rental assistance. Number five says that landlords cannot evict renters for non-payments in months that they're going to be covered with rental assistance. That's now a requirement for the funding, and this guideline also strongly encourages recipients of grant money to impose the further requirement that landlords don't evict for at least 30 to 90 days after the tenant is cut off from rental assistance. Number six is another strong encouragement for grantees. It asks them to avoid establishing documentation requirements that are likely to be barriers to participation for eligible households. In other words, any requirements should be limited to those that are necessary to run the program, and they shouldn't make it unnecessarily difficult for people to prove their eligibility. Number seven also touches on the issue of documentation by allowing programs to verify that a tenant is eligible without necessarily getting a pay stub or some concrete evidence of their income or anything else that's required for eligibility. For example, if you live in a uh, neighborhood with a very low average income, you may not have to provide any further proof that you're below the income threshold. Number eight has to do with federally assisted housing. It says grantees must not refuse to provide assistance to households on the basis that they occupy such properties or receive such assistance. In other words, federal housing subsidies, uh, due to the disproportionate effect such a refusal could have on populations intended to receive assistance under the Emergency Rental Assistance Program and the potential for such a practice to violate applicable law, including Title VI of the Civil Rights 
Rights Act. So whether or not a tenant is living in federally subsidized housing can't have an effect on whether they're considered eligible for rental assistance. Finally, number nine, last one here. This guideline requires programs that are distributing rental assistance to make an effort to prioritize the most vulnerable renters, which means low-income renters and those who have been unemployed for at least 90 days. So grantees have to document and prove that they're using the funds in those ways in order to participate in the emergency rental assistance program. Beyond those guidelines, there are a few more policies mentioned in the announcement. For example, the Department of Housing and Urban Development uh, is earmarking $20 million for legal assistance for low-income renters. Several agencies are working together to set up a roundtable to promote anti-eviction philanthropy, and there will be a push from the federal government to increase awareness so that more tenants learn about the assistance that is available to them. But the main point of the announcement was the new set of guidelines explaining how this funding is going to be allocated and what requirements grantees will have to adhere to in order to distribute assistance. Obviously, there will be a lot more pressure on this program if the Justice Department's appeal is unsuccessful. But either way, I would encourage anyone who's struggling to pay rent to check your state, county, and municipal government websites for more information about applying for aid. As usual, I want to thank you for watching to the end of this video. I really do appreciate your support, and I will see you in the next video. Bye-bye.